0: Or you can find us at our website, MedoraChurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today.
1: We're here tonight to talk about worship. So we're going to start out by defining what worship is. If you were to ask 10 people what worship is, most of the 10 people would probably say something about singing in church. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense because most places we split our service into two parts. We have a worship set, and then we have the word, worship and the word. Uh, The reality is that worship is much more than just music. I remember... The first time that I ever thought about it being anything other than just singing and music, Carrie and I had just taken over the worship ministry there, and uh, I'm going to get the name wrong, Mark Crow- Crowder, not Mark Condon. Mark Crowder was doing a podcast or a live stream podcast, and he had Sister Sharon McKee on there. Well, we missed the live broadcast part of it, so we were going to watch it. Later on, but Carrie, I don't know if she just woke up. If God woke her up, what, at like 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was going to be taken down in like an hour so. She woke me up, and we watched this at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, something like that. But it stuck with me what Sister Cher McKee said since then. She said, I am a worship leader, and sometimes I use music. Not all the time, but sometimes I use music. If we want to honor God with our worship— we need to truly understand what worship is. John 4 and 23, Jesus says, But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him.
2: Our story of uh, coming into the worship ministry, um, I, I spoke this to our worship team when we first took over and, and said that God has prepared us for this ministry long before we even had an inkling. And uh, we could see ways that that God was preparing us. And um, last, I believe it was last year, uh, we did a Bible study preparation um, life group with Sister Katie, and she did an amazing job. And through that, I decided to start a study on worship. And that verse that he just read was one that I dug into just a little bit more. And so the Strong's Concordance defines the true worshipers in the Greek as proskunetes, as in adorer. I adore him. Don't you adore him? We are true worshipers. And they shall worship, in the Greek proskunio or to prostrate oneself in homage, do reverence to adore him. If your purpose is to adore him, you are a true worshiper. And so we worship the Father in spirit and in truth. We need to have a heart of worship, a true, sincere heart of worship. To worship something is to prize it above everything else and to honor it as the highest importance. In this manner, anything can be worshiped. Sports can be worshipped. Entertainment can be worshipped. Your job can be worshipped. Your ministry can be worshipped. If it is honored above all else, it is worshipped. So to truly worship the one true king, he must be reverenced above all else in our lives. In everything, we must honor God in our job honor God. In our homes, right. in our family, we honor God. In our education, our pursuits, right. honor God. In our ministries, we honor God. So when anything comes before God, we devalue him. Right. This is the opposite of biblical worship, right. <laughs> and on contrary, is a form of idolatry. Sure. You gotcha.
1: True worship of God is when we love him with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and strength. It's when we put God above everything else, put him first in our hearts, as it says in Deuteronomy 6 and 5, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Matthew 15, 8 and 9 says, the people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. In verse seventeen and nineteen or seventeen through nineteen, Jesus says, Do ye not do not ye yet understand that whatsoever entereth in at the mouth goeth into the belly and is cast out into the drought. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. Jesus was speaking to the Pharisees at this point about their traditions, and the traditions were hindering them for their true worship. He makes it clear that worship comes first and foremost from the heart. It's not a practiced repetition. If we want to worship in a way that pleases him, then we need to start with the heart. If we aren't sincere when we sing, to worship you I live, then we're no better than the Pharisees. And I think... Sometimes we all do that. We come in sometimes and we're tired from the day no matter what. We've done this. All of us have been here forever. We know how to have church. We know. Well, I know I'm supposed to raise my hands here or I'm supposed to say amen here. But if it's not coming from the heart, it's not true worship.
2: Just like Jesus spoke to the woman at the well who was taught that worship was limited to one place. It was limited to one type of people. He said, you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. And Matthew Henry in his commentary says, they worshiped the God of Israel. They worshiped the true God. But they were sunk into gross negligence, into gross ignorance. They worshiped him as the God of that land, a local deity, like the gods of a nation, whereas God must be served as God as a universal cause and Lord.
1: Pastor Aaron Rogers states, to be pure in heart really means to have an undivided heart, a heart that is unmixed like metal without alloy or milk that is undiluted. It means singleness of mind, the issues of life brought down to one burning focus. Concentrated in my devotion to Jesus Christ, it means loving him, serving him, desiring him with a pure heart. If we're doing that and we don't have a pure heart, it's we're not doing anything at that point. Right. Our goal and desire should be to have an undivided heart that is devoted to Jesus Christ above everything else. When we have a pure heart, single-minded focus on Jesus, the result is a life of worship. It's hard to come in. You know, we come in every day. We're going to come in and we're going to be on fire for God. But if I've spent 10 hours on Facebook that day and my heart is probably not where it needs to be after all the junk that I've seen or the two hours I've spent watching YouTube or whatever it may be like that. It just, you have to come back to that point. I have to come get my heart right, and then we'll move on to the pure worship.
2: When I hear an undivided heart, you think... um of temptations or or of just not being right not living right but an undivided heart can come from having uh, an issue with someone else and when before we get up here to worship every night my prayer is lord unify us lord unify us for your glory i want to have a unified heart, a unified heart Amen. paul states in romans 12 and 1 i beseech you brethren by the mercies of God that ye you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And this was another verse that I had dug into during that study. Strong's Concordance defines the word service, latria, in the Greek, as the ministration of God that is worship, or to minister to God, to render religious homage. Simply put, when we worship, we are ministering to God. And so many times we come into the worship service and we ask and we plead, Lord, bless me, bless me, bless me. But true worship is turning your eyes off of ourselves, off of our needs, off of our wants, off of our wills, and onward to the glory of God. Lord, you are good. You are holy. I am here. I was made to worship you. This moment is not about me. This moment is about you ministering to God.
1: So what we've stated that worship is more than just singing. It's definitely a part of worship. Definitely. When we come in here, we want to come and sing the praises to God. Psalms 30 and 4 says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Psalms 57 and 7 says, My heart is fixed, O God. My heart is fixed. I will sing and give praise. Singing and praise and worship has its place. However, worship should be evident in our everyday lives, every aspect. From the time you wake up till the time you go to bed at night, worship should be evident in your life.
2: First Corinthians 1031, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Everything we do is to be done to the glory of God. So when I walk off this platform, I need to worship from that pew as I listen to the sermon. When I walk out those doors, my conversation on the way home should glorify God. When I sit down at the dinner table with our family, our conversation should honor God and bless him. As I'm speaking with coworkers, I need to make sure that my speech and my demeanor are God-honoring. And when we serve others instead of ourselves, we're worshiping. When we obey the word and his commandments, we are worshiping. John 14, 21 says, He that hath my commandments and keepeth them He it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him and will manifest myself unto him. So when we are obedient to his commandments, we are prizing him over all else, over all temptations, over our wants, over our wills. And I want to honor God in all that I do. And just as I said, you know, we're ministering to God just in that moment, that's when God turns around and ministers to us. So God can do the greatest blessings in our worship as we're ministering to him, not even asking him for anything.
1: So we are called to a life of worship. Worship is not a position. Worship really isn't even an option. It's just something that we are called to do. It's something that we, I think, are innately, we are going to worship something. Why not be God of, that created everything? Why would you want to worship anything less than that? Psalms 29 and 2 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. He is more than worthy of all of our praise and adoration. Even though while we are ministering to God as we are worshiping to him, he in turn ministers to us at the same time. It's an intimate moment where we are putting our actions to our love that we, and our adoration that we have for him. Worship does so much. It, worship breaks chains You know, I think God is, I'm not going to say he's testing us, but maybe he's testing us. You know, it's easy to worship him when we're up on the mountain like that. But whenever we are down in the trenches and we're fighting and clawing and scraping, trying to find our way out, God said, I'm going to see what they're going to do. If they're going to choose to worship me or if they're just going to choose to sit there and say, woe is me, God, come and help me, please. Whenever you worship, you start to worship. That's when God shows up. We all know the story of Paul and Silas. You know, they went in preaching. The people in the town didn't like it. They threw them in jail. They beat them. They had them chained together. But uh, Acts 16, 25, and 26 says, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prisons were shaking, shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's bands were loose. I don't even think that they were betting on God to release them at that point. I think they just knew, hey, we're going to worship God. Yes, we're in this prison right now, but God's still good. He's good when we're in the prison. He's good when we're in the penthouse there. He's good no matter what. So they chose to worship him
2: then. How do we grow with worship? Love for God is really knowing God. So when we see God in all of his glory and all that he's done for us, we can't help but love him. And that comes from having a thankful heart. Amen. Throughout the Bible, God reveals himself to us and how awesome he really is. We see how much he loves us and what he has truly given us. And If we want to worship God, we need to be sure to spend time reading his word and responding to it in prayer. The more that we read the Bible, the more that we pray, the more our hearts will be filled with the love for God. The more motivated we'll be to worship. True worship comes from the heart. So the more time you spend with God in the word or prayer, your heart is naturally filled with worship. You're more in tune throughout the day in all you say and all you do. I know a habit we got into, especially... um, It started when uh, I had to drive the kids to a babysitter, so it's been a while before they started school. Um, We had a drive probably 30 minutes out, and then my 15, 20 minutes back, I started playing the Bible all the way through um, on our trips, and it has just become a habit, and that sets up our day. I feel like I'm more in tune. I'm more, I'm able to focus a whole lot better than what I was before. Worship takes practice. There are many days a ride home from in the car turns into a worship service between me belting out the worship song on the radio or Ava making up her own praises and song. And as you grow, it becomes more intentional. I rarely start out a prayer without worship. Every prayer, God, you are so good, and you just can't help it. He's so good. He's such a good God. Lord, you're so holy. Lord, he's, he's so wonderful. He's taken care of us every step of the way. I can't help but love him. I can't help but worship him. And these practices help you grow into living a worship-filled life.
1: And you were talking about being in tuned. Uh, like I was saying earlier, if you are taking that time to make the effort to, hey, I'm going to spend this time in the Word right now. I'm going to pray right now not being on Facebook, not being, you know, whatever the social media whatever it is with all the junk, no matter what it is. I well maybe my Facebook feed's the only one that has junk on it. I'll I'll take care of that tonight, pastor. I'll delete some stuff. So but the stuff that you see it 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 does. It draws your mind away from what our true intentions or purpose is here to have a worship-filled life. So we were talking about it becoming uh, a practice there. You know, it t- worship takes practice sometimes. <clears throat> we do the same thing with our kids here in service. You know, I love seeing the kids up here. They, they don't know what they're doing right now, but we know they're up here. They're worshiping with the, uh, everybody. They're learning what to do. Uh, whenever we, we had Ava come up during practice there for a while and get a microphone and sing with her. So she was learning the parts. It was also maybe to keep her from doing cartwheels across the back of the church <laughs> during practice. But it's good for the kids to be up here. <clears throat> they might think they're just playing, but it's an intentional practice. We've been seeing a culture shift in the worship at MPC over the last few years. And we're raising up a generation that is not going to be afraid to be up here. They're young enough now that it's, it's all right for people to look at them still. But the more they're up here and the more that they see that, by the time they're teenagers and maybe it's not okay for people to look at them, they're not going to know that because it's just something that they do. They get up here and they worship. NPC is blessed with true worshipers. I know... I'm usually on the platform every service somewhere here. And I have a bird's eye view, uh, being able to watch everybody worship. And I love that. That's one of my favorite things whenever I come in here and I get to see the people worship and how they worship. I love looking back and seeing Sister Jenny standing there with one hand raised like that. And uh, Brother Pork, whenever you're sitting back there and you're rocking back and forth, it, it just does something to my heart. I mean, it really blesses me to see you worshiping. Or whenever it might be a little quiet and you hear Sister Queet say, Hallelujah, just like that, that does something to my heart. As leaders of the worship, worship ministry, we tell our team that they are leaders in worship in any role that they might play during the service, whether it's playing the drums, singing, or sitting in the pew. MPC, thank you so much for having a heart of worship, a true heart of worship. That's, there's a true heart of worship in this building, and we are truly, truly blessed by that. Uh, if you would stand right now, we are going to...
0: Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast.